Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. The first reason that we should pray is that it is a command. We are commanded to pray. You say, what's prayer? Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is worshiping God. Prayer is confessing our sins to God. Prayer is asking God for good things. How can you expect to see the answer to prayer if you're never praying? Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. What's your approach to prayer? Is it a chore and a duty? Or do you view it as an amazing privilege? Today on The Verdict, we're continuing in the Sermon on the Mount as Jesus returns to the topic of prayer. Isn't that interesting? And He makes a wonderful promise that should encourage us as we pray. Here's Pastor John Monroe with today's lesson titled, Asking and Doing. How's your prayer life? That may be an uncomfortable question as most of us need to be more consistent in our prayers. I want you to see prayer not as a chore or a duty, but as an amazing privilege. In our series on the Sermon on the Mount, we come today to one of the most encouraging passages in the Lord's teaching. He instructs us to ask, to seek, to knock, and He promises when we ask, it will be given to us. That's quite a promise, isn't it? We've previously considered the teaching of the Lord on prayer in what we know as the Lord's Prayer. The Lord has more for us to learn on this essential subject of having a dynamic spiritual life. We are to ask and seek and knock. You may not pray very often. You may feel you pray very badly. Uh, You may feel very uncomfortable praying out loud. In fact, you may not even believe in God, but this I guarantee, every single person listening to me today prays at some time. But if we're honest, prayer does not come easily to us because we are, by nature, uh, independent people. Uh, We like to do our own thing. I remember seeing a cartoon of a man on his knees praying at the side of his bed saying, Lord, answer my prayer, but make it look as if I did it all myself. And that's the tension, isn't it? We know we should pray, but so often we do our own thing. So we must pray. In the Sermon on the Mount, as we're going through the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has already spoken about prayer, and he's told us how to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It's recorded in Matthew 6, from verse 9. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and so on. And I find it very interesting, as the Lord has developed uh, various subjects in what we call the Sermon on the Mount, and we're coming towards uh, the end of it as we look at Matthew chapter 7, uh, that Jesus again gives us instructions on prayer. So in the Sermon on the Mount, in two separate parts, Jesus is speaking about prayer. Prayer is very, very important. And I want you to see prayer not as a duty, not as a chore, not as something that you feel you must do as a kind of religious exercise, but rather I want you to regard prayer as one of the greatest privileges we have, that it should be a delight, it should be a joy as we come and pray. Whether as an individual, whether as a family, and as a church, that prayer must be central. And we're going to learn that God is going to bless you when you pray. So let me read from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. If you have a Bible, 
uh, follow along. Matthew 7 then, here is our Lord. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Isn't that a fascinating section of Scripture? Given as the Lord sits there, uh, we call it the Mount of Beatitudes, and uh, is speaking to his disciples and gives these magnificent words that we have just read. I want, first of all, to give two reasons. There are many reasons why we should pray, uh, but two, uh, certainly, that we find in the Sermon on the Mount. And the first reason that we should pray is that it is a command. We are commanded to pray. Matthew 6, verse 9, our Lord says, pray then like this, a command to pray. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus told a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray. Here it is. You ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Paul, in Ephesians, Ephesians 6, as he describes uh, the spiritual armor that we should put on, uh, he says, as he comes to the conclusion of that exhortation, in Ephesians 6, verse 18, he says, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. That's Ephesians. Next book is Philippians. Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. After Philippians, there's Colossians. Colossians 4, uh, verse 2. Here's Paul to the Christians at Colossae. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. After Colossians is what? First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 5, verse 17, one little verse, pray without ceasing. Throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, as we're reading, there is this command to pray. Why should you pray? God commands you to pray. Jesus commands you to pray. Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And God is very pleased when we obey this command to pray. You say, what's prayer? Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is worshiping God. Prayer is confessing our sins to God. Prayer is asking God for good things. Prayer is surrendering our will to God's. He commands us to pray. 
No, prayer is not an optional extra for the particularly dedicated, zealous Christian. It's a command to every follower of Jesus. It is essential. You will not be spiritually strong. You will not have spiritual wisdom. You will fall into sin very easily. You will make some very foolish decisions. Yes, you will be defeated by the enemy, and you will not be greatly used by God if you do not pray. That I guarantee. How foolish for the follower of Jesus Christ to try and live for Christ, to try and serve Christ, and lack prayer. No, prayer is something that you must do. Yes, it can be a discipline. Uh, you have to decide, I'm going to pray. We read the scripture here from Matthew 7, verse 7. Jesus is saying, ask. That's something you must do. He's saying to you, seek. That's something you must do. He's saying, knock. That is something that you must do. Let me ask you this. Are you asking God for anything? People sometimes say to me, well, it, it seems that God is not at work in my life. I, I just don't feel the presence of God. Well, how would you answer this question? What are you asking God for? What are you seeking? Jesus has said earlier, seek first the kingdom of God. The Old Testament says, seek the Lord while he may be found. What are you seeking? Uh, what's your ambition? Uh, what are you knocking for? Knocking at the door of heaven, as it were, and, and as you come to your heavenly Father, how can you expect to see the answer to prayer if you're never praying? Isn't one of the greatest joys that we have, the humbling joy when we pray and then we see God answer our prayer? Why pray? First of all, obey the command. Pray. As a follower of Jesus, you must pray. Now, the second reason is one that we've already considered. We pray because God is our heavenly Father. And Jesus uh, gives this very insightful and very down-to-earth example, doesn't he, in the verses that we've read. And when Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, verse 9, when he says, pray then like this, first thing he says is this, our Father who is in heaven. Don't you find it tremendously encouraging that when our Lord is teaching us on prayer, the first thing he wants us to understand is that when we pray, we come to God, who is our Father? And reflecting on the relationship between God as our Father and we as our children helps us to understand very fully the very nature of prayer, I think. You see, through the miracle of new birth, we've been born again, and we are born into the family of God. Once we were apart from God, once we were doing our own thing in our sin, and in the miracle of conversion, when the Holy Spirit comes, and we are regenerated, and we are born again, and now we are born into the very family of God. John tells us in John 1, it is to as many as received him who believed in his name, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. 
And if you've never been born again, you don't know God as your father in the sense, yes, God is your creator, you're accountable to God, but we who have been born again are brought into this intimate relationship with God that now this almighty, eternal God is my father. Do you know God as your father? This is why we emphasize that the Christian faith is a personal relationship that we know God through Jesus Christ, who's the way, the truth, and the life, who comes to die for our sins, who's buried, who is raised from the dead and calls on us to repent and to believe in him. And when we do that in God's grace, we become part of God's family. So when I pray, I come and say this, our Father in heaven. Yes, we can describe God in many, many ways as we sing about him. He's eternal, he's the rock. He's from everlasting to everlasting. But don't you find this tremendously encouraging? That our Lord Jesus wants you to understand that when you're praying, you're talking to your Father who is in heaven. That emphasizes this close, personal, intimate relationship with God. No, God is not remote from his creation. It's true in the beginning he spoke and brought the worlds into being. Yes, he's a powerful God. That is true. Ah, but he's a personal God. He is my father who is in heaven. And because of that, I can come with confidence, in fact, with boldness into the very throne room of God. Why? That's not presumption. It's because God is my Father in heaven. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 8, we've seen this before, your Father knows what you need before you ask him. That's wonderful, isn't it? That God knows my needs better than I know them. Even before I articulate them, he knows my needs. But he still encourages us to come. Why? Because he seeks that love relationship. You understand that if you're a father, if you're a mother, if you have a friend, this God cares for me, this God loves me, and therefore he tells me not to worry. Why, why are you carrying these burdens? Give them to me. It's like if you're a father and you, you're, you're, your little boy is four years old and he's struggling with something, and in a minute you can help him. And you think, why are you struggling, son? Let me help you. But sometimes in our pride, in our anxiety, we keep these burdens. And Jesus is saying, no, ask. You're coming into the very presence of your father. And that relationship of father and child is developed through prayer, isn't it? You know that if you're a father or a mother. The more time you, you spend with your son or your daughter, the, the deeper that relationship, and you love that when, you, when they come and sit on your knee or ask you for something if they're older. The relationship of father and son. So two reasons then for praying from the passage. First, we're commanded to pray. Secondly, God is our father. Now, but how do we pray? I want to mention three. First of all, pray sincerely. Why do I say that? Because Jesus says that. Look back in Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, now he's talking to his disciples, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Have you ever felt someone praying that they're a hypocrite? 
I think we've all had that experience sometimes. I've thought of somebody say, you big hypocrite. But are we hypocrites sometimes? They say, what would it be to be a hypocrite in prayer, uh, to pray to impress others? Have you, have you ever done that? You, you sound so, so spiritual. You're just like an angel down from heaven, the way you pray. Ah, but your heart is far away. Sounds good from the words, but your heart is far away from God. That's hypocrisy, isn't it? Praying for the, the praise of people rather than the praise of God. That's hypocrisy. Do you, it's the only time you pray when you give thanks for your food. Uh, do you pray more in your life group? Do you pray more in your Bible study? Uh, do you pray more when you're with people or when you're alone? If you, if you find that your prayers are longer and you're praying more when you're with others than on your own, there may be the seeds of hypocrisy in your heart. And Jesus, earlier in the passage, we looked at it, Jesus discourages mindless repetition. He really, I think, discourages long prayers in public. If you're praying and there's others around, uh, be mindful of them. Don't take all of the time. Don't pray to impress people. Uh, if you're going to pray a long prayer, do that alone. Jesus says, no, that can be hypocrisy, the mindless repetition. Remember, you're talking to your Father in heaven and he knows your heart. But there's a danger because of pride that we can pray like the hypocrites. No, pray sincerely. Secondly, pray humbly. Humble people pray. Proud people don't. James says in James 4, verse 6, that God gives more grace. Praise him. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Do you want to oppose God? Be proud. Do you want to receive grace? Be humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. That's prayer. Draw near to God with his humble heart and he will draw near to you. Verse 10. Humble yourselves therefore before the Lord and he will exalt you. You're trying to exalt yourself? Trying to make a name for yourself? Trying to force something? Don't do that. Humble yourself. And at the right time God will exalt you. Prayer and humility are linked when we're proud, when we are self-willed, self-reliant, independent, and we've had some success in our lives, we think, I can do this on my own. I don't need God. So can I say, if you're not praying regularly, you are in fact saying, I don't need God in my life. You say, well, I never would say that. No, I know you would never say it, but isn't that the case? You see, prayer is an expression of our dependence upon God. Prayer is an articulation of our utter reliance on the power of God to sustain us, on his mercy to forgive us, on his provision to supply us, on his, for us to be overwhelmed by his glory as we understand more and more who God is and what he has done. That's humility, isn't it? Saying, I need you. There's a hymn that says, I need you every hour. That's prayer, isn't it? That's what Paul is meaning when he says prayer. Pray always that we have this attitude, I, I, I need you. Uh, help me with, with this, Lord. So when you're not praying, you're saying, 
You say, well, I don't have time for prayer. You've got to understand I have a very busy schedule. I understand that. But that means that your time and your effort are more important than, than seeking God's strength, God's wisdom, and God's help. Just think of the decisions you've made, of the things you've done, of the things you've said that have created problems in your life because you didn't pray about it. You see, we often pray at the end of the situation, we're in a real hole and we're in a kind of emergency situation and all of us pray then. But what about praying before you go into that situation? What about praying first rather than acting and making decisions and then when things don't come out the way we want, then we pray. No, pray at all times. That's humility. What about getting on your knees, pouring out your heart to your heavenly Father, asking Him for wisdom, asking Him for guidance, asking Him for strength. Paul says that God's power is perfected not in our strength, but in our weaknesses, weaknesses. One of our a favorite verse of many of us is in Ephesians 3, at the end of that magnificent prayer, Paul says this, many of you know it, Ephesians 3 verse 20, now, him, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is able to do far more abundantly, far more exceedingly. Paul is putting superlative after superlative. He's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. You believe that, don't you? I believe that. But notice, often forgotten, verse 14, Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Ah, that's it. Yes, you want that power. <laughs> yes, you want God to act supernaturally in your life. Yes, you want God to deal with that impossible situation. Yes, that's true. But notice Paul begins by saying, I bow my knees before the Father. That's it, isn't it? Humbly coming to Him in prayer. You want God to act. You want God's power in your life, His wisdom. Bow the knees to the Father. Pray humbly. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled, Asking and Doing. We'll continue this powerful lesson on prayer when we come back tomorrow. But keep in mind, you can always find these messages and listen online anytime at theverdict.org. On our website, we also offer several biblical resources and opportunities to help you take intentional steps to grow in your faith and your walk with God. Right now, we'd like to send you a free copy of the special booklet John wrote about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's titled, Life in the Kingdom. In it, John lays out the clear teaching of Jesus on what it really means to follow Him and how to apply His lessons to your life today. So request your copy of Life in the Kingdom and gain an internal perspective for your day-to-day living by going to our website at theverdict.org. Here at The Verdict, we're committed to sharing the truth of God's Word every day. And we invite you to help us share these Bible lessons with people around the world by supporting our ministry with a generous gift of any amount. 
You can give your best gift today by clicking the Donate tab on our homepage or giving us a call at 833-551-2231. That's 833-551-2231. You can even send a check in the mail by writing to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Are you now understanding why you should pray and how you are to pray? I think we all understand the importance of sincerity and humility. If you're not praying, it's probably because you think you can manage life on your own. Don't be like those who only pray in emergencies. Cultivate a daily time of prayer and see God at work in answering your prayers. Claim this promise, this wonderful promise, and pray to your Heavenly Father. Next time, we'll learn more about the importance of asking and doing. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.